This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. So um, this week, I just wanted to talk about um, the Wooden Award watch list and uh, just about some history of the Wooden Award. Not going to get too in-depth, but I've, there's some interesting things I saw in there. But first, I saw that um, we lost a, a big piece of basketball history today. Um, Chris Ford passed away today. I believe he was 74 yeah, dies at 74. Um, if you don't know Chris Ford, um, I think I've talked about him before on his podcast, um, how important he is to the NBA. But most people remember him as a coach. He coached the Celtics for a little bit during their, I think he was like in the 90s, he was their coach. So a little bit after their run throughout all the 80s. But, um, Chris Ford was a player. He was the first person in NBA history to hit a three-pointer. And it happened on opening night of 1979. And, uh, yeah, Chris Ford, if I can pull up his uh, basketball reference, I'll go ahead and take a look at all the stats and all his accomplishments. 1981 NBA champion. He played for the Pistons from 73 to 79 and then played for the Celtics from 79 to 82. And... um yeah, 9.2 points per game, three rebounds, 3.4 assists, 46% from the field, 37% from field from three, and a win share of 35.6. Um, just a really good player overall, uh, someone that will be remembered forever for hitting that first three-pointer. And, um, yeah, it's just... It's tough because you see, it's like 74, that's not old. Like, I think in today's standards, it's not old. We lost Bill Russell this year, or like or last year. And, yeah, apparently Chris Ford's nicknames were the Mad Bomber and the Hot Dog. So, yeah, he just turned 74 on the 17th. So, no, on the 11th, excuse me. He died on the 17th. Um, went to Villanova as a coach. He was an assistant throughout all of the Celtics' reign in the 80s. As soon as he was done as a player, he became an assistant coach and then started up in 90-91 with Boston until 94-95. Took a year off. Did really well. I mean, those 90s Celtics were still pretty good. And um, then moved on to Milwaukee, then the Clippers, and then Philadelphia, going back to assistant coach in 0304, and then taking over, and uh, then taking over part of the way through the season. So yeah, Chris Ford, fortunately passed away. Rest in peace. Um, never want to see an NBA, a part of NBA history like that, dying that young. Um, just sad to see, but let's go ahead and take a look at the wooden award rankings. So, so far they just have 
the top, the midseason top 25. They have them in alphabetical order. So I'm going ahead and read those off. You got Armando Baycott of North Carolina, Marcus Carr of Texas, Antoine Davis of Detroit Mercy out of the Horizon League, Kendrick Davis of Memphis, Grady Dick of Kansas, Hunter Dickinson of Michigan, Zach Eady of Purdue, Boiler Up, Kyle Filipowski of Duke, Adam Flagler of Baylor, Keontae George of Baylor, Trace Jackson Davis of Indiana, Jaime Jaquez Jr. of UCLA, Caleb Love of North Carolina, Mike Miles Jr. of TCU, Brandon Miller of Alabama, Chris Murray of Iowa, Adama Sanogo of Connecticut, Marcus Sasser of Houston, Traquavian Smith of NC State, Drew Timmy of Gonzaga, Oscar Shibwe of Kentucky, and Zulas Tubilas of Arizona, Jordan Walker of UAB out of the Conference USA, and Jalen Wilson of Kansas, and finally Isaiah Wong of Miami of Florida. Um, few players have been selected on All-American lists before. Drew Timmy was on 2020 and 21, as well as 2021-22. Hunter Dickinson was on the 2021 team. Obviously, Oscar Shibway won the Wooden Award last year. Um, looking to repeat. I don't know how well that's going to go. Um, we'll just have to see. And, uh, yeah, taking a look at some of the winners before. Well, let's just – I want to talk about some of the people who are on here. With Shibway, my main problem with Oscar Shibway winning the Wooden Award again is that um, Kentucky's not as good as it were last year. Kentucky was a two-seed. I don't even – we don't know for certain if Kentucky is going to make the NCAA tournament. Not saying that just because I don't like Kentucky. Like, it's a serious question out there whether or not does Kentucky have a good enough resume to make it into a tournament. Uh, they might have to play their way in through their through their conference tournament. We just don't know yet. It's still pretty early on, uh, but you really need to shape. You need, really need to get things in shape here. Um, yeah, so that's why I don't think that they're – that Shiway has that great of a chance of repeating – uh, also, I'm not sure anyone has repeated in years. Tyre Hansborough never repeated, and he's someone that you would think, man, he probably got a couple in there. Last person to repeat, you got to go all the way back to Ralph Sampson. Ralph Sampson is, in fact, the only person to repeat the Wooden Award. They've been giving out this award since 1977 with Marcus Johnson winning the first award. Um. Yeah, so no one ever repeats, but then again, I don't know how many people go back after winning the Wooden Award. I mean, Tyler Hansborough, I mentioned, is one of them. Uh, he won, that, I think, his junior year. Let's see here. Shibway decided to stay. I don't think anyone stayed. No, because Doug McDermott left. Yeah, this is um, it's a weird phenomenon. I not many people have stayed after winning. Now, when I get into like the nineties, and I I I don't really know at what point in time um <laughs> these guys left college, but 
But, um, yeah, very little. No one has repeated. Very little people have stayed after winning the award. In fact, there's only a couple times where people from the same school have won back-to-back. Actually, only once. Other than Ralph Sampson, the St. John's got two back-to-back Wooden Award winners with Chris Mullen and Walter Berry. And Kentucky does not have that chance this year. So, I see that where if Armando Bay, with Armando Baycott as well. I don't think North Carolina. I mean, they they were all that was being talked about in college basketball throughout all of the summer and leading into preseason. North Carolina is looking to repeat. You know, they lost Brady Manick, but they're adding Pete Nance. Armando Baycott's coming back. Caleb Love and R.J. Davis are coming back. Got good recruits too. And um, wow, did they fall! Like right away, they held it for held number one for what two weeks during that point in time where everyone just gets their bye games, they get their easy wins, and um, yeah, and then they hit that Thanksgiving weekend. It shows what teams real who they really are, and North Carolina did not stand up to their expectations. And I don't think we expect them to have the greatest season we've ever seen in college basketball, but we're like, man, you're bringing back a lot of people from your championship uh, game team. And they just didn't, they just could not do it. And um, yeah, that's why I see Armando Baycott not winning it. Um, Just not winning enough is really, really, it, it factors into so much stuff in basketball. Like I was watching the big show yesterday on the Big Ten Network, and they were going through um, top, like the all Big Ten team, like just for like a midseason kind of thing. And it was Robbie Hummel and Bruce Weber. They were saying winning's important in this. Like I feel like people who do really good on a team that's not good. I mean, that's not that it's not as impressive. But when you do it on a team that's really good, it just makes it that much more makes that much more of the argument for you saying why you should be an All-American. We see it all the time with MVP votes in the NBA. If you are not in the top four team, maybe even top three in your conference, you're not going to win the MVP. Like you just, you have to be on a really good team who's competing every night. And if you just can't, if you're on a team that just can't get it done, you're not going to get it done. Um, I, I don't know much about Antoine Davis or Kendrick Davis. Um, but I think another thing with the wooden award is that there's so much buzz around a certain player and I haven't really heard anything on these guys. So unless they can really turn it up here in the last month and a half or so, um, I don't see them winning it. Marcus Carr. He's kind of been in and out. We I've seen him drop 45. I've seen him just do normal stuff. Um, yeah, Marcus Carr is tough. And everything going on with Texas, I think, is um, taken away from their players, which sucks. It really does. And, I mean, Texas, they got upset the other night by Iowa State. It's not a big upset. I mean, Iowa State was 12. Texas was, like, 7th. Um, but they still got upset and it was on the road. So you got to factor that stuff in, but every, all the whole Chris beard drama has really 
taken the spotlight off of the players and which some players would like that. They don't really like that spotlight. They're like, just let me do my thing and uh, we'll, we'll win more because of it. But just there's sometimes where people love the spotlight on it, man. I think Marcus Carr loves that spotlight. I like he, he always came out for the big games, like the games that everyone would be watching. And that's when Marcus Carr shines. So we'll have to see. Who knows? Um, Grady Dick, I think just because Jalen Wilson's on his team, he's not going to win it. He may he may win in the future because if Jalen Wilson leaves after this year, which is, I think is very possible, it might almost be guaranteed. Well, he's is he a senior or a junior? Let me check here. Jalen Wilson's a junior, so I have a feeling he's leaving after this year. I don't think Grady Dick. One will leave, but I don't think he should either. Uh, he's just that second option on a good team. And, you know, he just needs to show that he can be a number one option. Um, Hunter Dickinson, I don't know, just because Michigan, they're, they're like starting to come back, but they haven't been as good as what people thought they would be, especially Hunter Dickinson. I don't think he's been as good as what people think he was going to be. Um, Zach Eady, I'm not, I am, I've, I know I'm a Purdue fan. I know that a lot of the times I wear the black and gold shades. But I seriously think Zach Eady is going to win an Award. Because, like I said, it's the buzz around a player. Everyone is talking about Zach Eady and Purdue right now. Everyone. And how impressive they've been. They've exceeded expectations by a mile. And maybe Zach Eady will cool off here. I don't think so. I think that when he faces off against Hunter Dickinson, it'll be a really good matchup. But Eady is just stronger, bigger than everyone on the floor. And it's a, it's a big time advantage. Like you can see it. Like it's just he can reach over people for offensive rebounds, not really get over the back calls, which I disagree on. Um, I think that if someone's boxing out, no matter how tall that person is, if someone's boxing out, they cannot reach over you. Um, all the tall people will disagree and say, like, well, it's but I'm not impeding on them at all. But it's like, well, they're boxing you out. Uh, try just try to get around them. Uh, Filipowski, I've only seen him play the one game against Purdue, and he was okay. I don't think he was special at all. Um, Flaghorn George of Baylor, I'm not sure on them. Trace Jackson Davis, he's been he's been in and out of injuries all year. IU is taking a skid right now. I don't see him winning it. Um, not sure, and people are starting to question if he'll be first team all Big Ten just because of that thing. He he's not winning, like his the team's not winning right now, and I know the injuries are part of that. But there have been so many times where I will watch an IU game and I will not be that impressed by Trace Jackson Davis. He'll have there have been games where I've been very impressed by him, like where he's got like twenty five rebounds. Um. Get a couple blocks in there too, but there's a lot of time where you you're told that hey, this guy's gonna be an All American, 
and just he just doesn't play like it. Maybe I catch him on a bad game. I don't know. Um, but I think that if Race Thompson's not on the floor with Trey Saxon Davis, I don't think he's as good. Because Race Thompson is your bully. He's your protector, enforcer. Um, and I just don't see Trey Saxon Davis being as good without that enforcer. So, yeah, I'm not sure on that. Jaime Hawkins Jr., UCLA has been all right this year. Um, let me see UCLA's record real quick. I don't want to jump on anything. So they're fifth in the country. They're going to play Arizona State tonight. And damn, I'm recording this. I cannot find their record. Uh, yeah, but fifth in the country, Jaime Hawkins Jr. I've, again, it's for me, it's the buzz on the Wooden Ward. I haven't been hearing much on them. Let's see. If we go to Jaime Hawkins' stats. Come on. Um, oh, I don't care about the UFC. I accidentally clicked on something for UFC. Uh, 16.7 points per game, seven rebounds, two and a half assists, 51% field goal. Um, oh, UCLA is 16 and two. I mean, they've been winning in the Pac-12. They beat Kentucky, which wasn't that. But that game went to overtime, I believe. He had 19 in the win over Kentucky. They played Maryland. He had 14 in that win when they when Maryland was ranked. They Their losses going to Baylor, where he had 15, and Illinois, when he had 20 in those losses. So, Hawkes is in the running, for sure. I would put him up there. But again, it's the buzz. You can't. I don't think you can win the Wooden War without having some sort of buzz around your team. And maybe if I'm I'm not on the West Coast, I'm in a landlocked state. Kind of. I mean, like Lake Michigan is kind of up there. Um, but like I'm in I'm in the Midwest. Like I'm in Indiana. Not you don't hear much on West Coast basketball. One because everything is too late there. <laughs> All the games start at ten o'clock. And, um, yeah, there's everyone cares about the Big Ten around here. So maybe I'm not hearing as much because I'm not out on the West Coast. But uh, Hawkins Jr. has a good chance of doing it. Caleb Love, same reason North Carolina is not doing that good. Mike Miles Jr., TCU, I'm not all the way up on him. Brandon Miller has a good chance. He's been getting a lot of buzz saying that he's, like, the best freshman in America, which is weird because it was supposed to be Nick Smith Jr. was supposed to be the best on that Alabama team. But, uh, yeah, Brandon Miller's doing really good. Chris Murray, Iowa. Iowa's doing okay. okay. Um, I don't think, though, that if Zach Eady's not winning it, I don't think anyone in the Big Ten will win the Wooden Award. That's just me, personally. Uh, Dama Sonogo. Can, Connecticut's kind of taken a slide in the past month or so. Not month, like a couple weeks. But um, he's still doing pretty good. Marcus Sasser, I mean, on Houston, they're number one team in the country. They're probably going to stay number one because in the American, they have no competition other than Memphis, and I don't think Memphis is going to beat them. So um, Sasser has a good opportunity to win it if he just keeps scoring and scoring and doing his thing. Jaquavian Smith, haven't heard much on NC State this year. Uh, Drew Timmy will probably have a chance because, you know, 
Gonzaga, again, they're in a WCC. I did a whole episode on why they want to, why they're in the WCC because it's just easy enough. They get a bid every year. It's one of the easier conferences you can win out of. Um, yeah, but if they're going to go to Big 12, that's going to change things up. But Drew Timmy probably has a good chance. Shibway, already talking about, but he made his case the other night. He had like 37 and 25 and 24 rebounds. Um, yeah, just imp- really impressive. Azulis Tubilis, um, he's someone I don't even think he's okay. He's probably he's the best player on his team for sure. But I like watching Omar Balo way more than Tubilis, even though together they're awesome. But Arizona doing really good. He has a really good chance. These guys just got to keep winning and keep doing their thing. Just stay in the Wooden Award run. Jordan Walker, UAB. I don't know about that. I don't know if anyone from UAB will be winning it. Jalen Wilson had a pretty good game against Kansas State the other night. Uh, They lost in overtime, though. But it was on the road. You know, you'll take your losses on the road. You got to take your licks. And Isaiah Wong in Miami, Florida, haven't heard much on him. So, for me, I would say the ones that are in true contention are Jalen Wilson, Azulis, Tubilis, Drew Timmy, uh, Marcus Sasser, Jaime Jaquez, Zach Eady. And, yeah, that was, those would be mine. Those six. And if I had to take one of them out so I could have five, I'm probably... Maybe Drew Timmy because of how they were in non-conference. So, yeah, those are my six, though. And then I noticed some stuff when I was looking through the uh, finalists for what award, like All-American teams. And for the longest time, you could recognize every single person on these wooden award lists and how you would be able, you would look at me. I think every one of these players played in the NBA. If not, it would be one person was an outlier. Um, and I found, by the way, there's an interesting one. 1981, Danny Ainge won the wooden award and he beat out Ralph Sampson. Ralph Sampson was second place. Um, Danny Ainge beat out Ralph Sampson, Mark Aguirre, Isaiah Thomas, um, Kelly Trapuca, and Rolando Blackman. So, um, yeah, good for Danny Ainge, I guess. Just a ton. So many recognizable names throughout all of these. Um, One thing that stuck out to me, Patrick Ewing never won a Wooden Award. He came third. He was a finalist, I think, every year he played. Uh, just super impressive stuff. But I did notice that around, like, because when people think, like, oh, my God, this guy was the national player of the year. He should be really good in the NBA. I've talked about it before where it's not really the case, especially in the most recent years. Um, it gets to about 19, I want to say 97 is when you start to kind of struggle to see names. Not every single name is going to be one that you recognize. 
Um, Tim Duncan won it in 97. He beat out Keith Van Horn, Rafe LaFrance, Ron Mercer, Jacques Vaughn, who I don't think did that well in the NBA. I think he still played. He's a coach in the NBA. He's with the Nets now. Uh, you have Brevin Knight, who had some stints, I think, but no one would know him. Danny Fortson, eh. Anton Jameson, Bobby Jackson, Charles O'Bannon. So 97 is where it kind of gets to be, uh, do I recognize all of these guys? Uh, 98, then people I don't really recognize. Miles Simon, I know him, but he never really made it to the league. Trajan Langdon of Duke, never, when you think of Duke greats, you don't think of him. And Michael Doliak of Utah and Ansu Cisse of Mississippi. Yeah, so the, it gets to the point where you're like, man, I don't really know any of these guys. And I'm thinking, okay, so that was the start. That was this point where it was like, okay, all-American status, it's important, but it's not necessary to go into the NBA, you know, and be really good. But then, like, 2005 was a pretty good year. Yeah, Andrew Bogut, J.J. Redick, D. Brown, Sean May, Wayne Simeon, Chris Paul, Salem Stoudemire, Hakeem Warwick, Francisco Garcia, and Darren Williams. Um, and I think 05, let's see, 05, Andrew Bogut wins that one. And so it kind of gets back into, okay, so these guys are doing really good. Like the one in 06, the one name that sticks out that didn't really have that much success in the NBA there's two of them, Kevin Pitsnoggle and Alan Ray. Not Ray Allen, Alan Ray. Um, but yeah, there's this, and then it's like, okay, now we're getting back into it. And then it hits about 2010. Because you get into like 2008 is a really good year for the Wooden War. DJ Augustine. Michael Beasley, Steph Curry, Chris Douglas Roberts, Tyler Hansbrough, Luke Herringody of Notre Dame, Chris Lofton, Kevin Love, Derek Rose, and Brandon Rush. Then 09 kind of takes another step. Dewan Blair, Stephen Curry, Blake Griffin, Tyler Hansbrough, Luke Herringody, James Harden, Gerald Henderson, Ty Lawson, Hashim Thabit, Terrence Williams, and Sam Young. Names that I all recognize. Uh, some of them, they've kind of fell out. Like Hashim Thabit, people don't really remember him, except for him being picked over James Harden, Stephen Curry, and a bunch of other people. Terrence Williams fell out. Sam Young fell out. Dewan Blair, also one of those guys. Um, But then 2010 gets there. And this is where... This is when I kind of start to watch basketball, and I recognize all these guys. But um, none of them really did that great in the NBA. There's a couple we'll talk about. So you got James Anderson of Oklahoma State, who I think he ended up playing like one year, one or two years in the league. Deshaun Butler of West Virginia um, helped lead West Virginia over Kentucky, and that was the year where they had DeMarcus Cousins, John Wall, Eric Bledsoe in the NCAA tournament. Sharon Collins of Kansas was like the number one player in the country. Let me see who won in 2010. 2010 goes to Evan Turner. But Sharon Collins was the, the guy in college basketball. You got DeMarcus Cousins. He's one of the two guys that like made a respectable career 
in the NBA. Wesley Johnson, I think all that he's known for now is getting crossed over by James Harden. <laughs> I had to bring that up. Uh, Scotty Reynolds of Villanova. Uh, a really good point guard who just wasn't able to do it. I think I've talked about this where guys like Scotty Reynolds, just good point guards in college, never really make it in the NBA and never get it. John Shire of Duke. He's now Duke's head coach. He was a Wooden Award finalist. Evan Turner ended up winning it out of Ohio State. Grievous Vasquez of Maryland and John Wall of Kentucky. So you got two guys, two or technically three guys who made respectable careers. John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins made all-star careers. Um, But that's when it starts to be like, okay, now people are not as good. 2011, Jimmer Fredette ended up winning that award. And and that's where the buzz thing comes into me. Was Jimmer Fredette the best player in college basketball for that year? I don't know. Uh, There's some arguments for it, but was he the most talked about player in college basketball? Absolutely. Um, So 2011, you got Jimmer Fredette, Ben Hansborough of Notre Dame, Jawan Johnson, Boiler Up. Uh, Marcus Morris of Kansas, Jacob Pollan of K-State, Nolan Smith of Duke, Jared Sullinger of Ohio State, Kemba Walker, I would argue that would be the best player, even without thinking about the NBA career. Just because that that team made a one heck of a run. And I know it's like they determined a wooden award. I think it's mostly based on regular season. But, I mean, that... Connecticut team was still pretty good throughout the year. And then he had Derek Williams for Arizona. And yeah, there's so many people to where you look at it and you're like, man, I barely like it's so it's so recent to where I know all these players, but I think if you were to ask people like who just are watching college basketball, do you recognize any of these names? And they'll be like, no. Um Yeah, like you got Cleanthony Early, Nick Johnson, Sean Kilpatrick. This is 2014. Casey Prather. That's one I do not know. I just don't. Russ Smith. <laughs> Nick Stauskis. I think that was the year Doug McDermott won it. Uh, so many guys to where, yeah, if you were to tell me who were the best players in college basketball for this year, I would agree. Yes, 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 for all these guys but it doesn't translate to the league like it did. Um, 2017 kind of gets back on the rails. You got Lonzo Ball, Dylan Brooks, Josh Hart, Josh Jackson, Justin Jackson, Luke Kennard, Frank Mason III, who ended up winning it, which I think is bull. Um, Malik Monk, Caleb Swanigan, I think should have won it. A guy averaged a double-double, and he was almost – and just every other night, he was getting 20 and 20. And then you got Nigel Williams-Goss. So, like, you're kind of back on, but then you fall off again in 2018 with eight, DeAndre Aiden, Marvin Bagley, Keita Bates-Jop, Trevon, Trayvon Blewett, who out of Indianapolis, Mikhail Bridges, Miles Bridges, Jalen Brunson, Javon Carter, Devontae Graham, and Trey Young. And then, yeah, it's just the same thing where it's just like you're back on and you're off. You're back on and off. And, you know, when Obi Toppin wins it in 2020, that's where I'm like, okay, this is 100% based on buzz. Um, 
because you got Sheway created a ton of buzz last year, a new transfer from West Virginia going to Kentucky and balling out like he did. That was the number one story in basketball last year. Luca Garza, 2021, just a dominant force who people just saw as like, who can stop this guy? Uh, Obi Toppin, again, a ton of buzz out of Dayton. Zion Williamson, the biggest story in basketball that we've seen in a long time. Jalen Brunson was a solid point guard on a championship-winning team. Frank Mason III was, I guess, the best player in college basketball. Um, Buddy Heald was all over the place with buzz. Frank Kaminsky, a good, a great player leading a team to the national championship, beating an undefeated Kentucky team in the Final Four. Doug McDermott, buzz. Trey Burke, a ton of buzz around him. Anthony Davis, possibly the best freshman we've seen in college basketball. Jimmer Fredette, buzz. Uh, Evan Turner, I wonder if a, a lot of that went to that shot that he hit in the Big Ten uh, tournament to beat Michigan. Maybe. I don't know. Again, I don't, I'm don't. i not 100% so sure if this is based on the whole season or the regular season. Um, and everyone, like, I think that's the year. 2010 is where the that turns into big-time guys who are, like, the number one story in basketball. Because Blake Griffin was just a good player and ended up being number one pick. Tyler Hansborough was the best player in basketball for three years. Kevin Durant was one of the better freshmen we've seen. J.J. Redick was solid. Bogut ended up being number one pick. Jameer Nelson, he was kind of a top story in college basketball too. But I think that was like the one exception there. Uh, yeah, but you got a lot of guys in here that you recognize and are probably all – I don't know. I'm, I feel like sometimes my criteria for uh, the Hall of Fame is low. Like, if you want a Wooden Award, yeah, you're probably a Hall of Famer. Man, but I don't know. The Basketball Hall of Fame is kind of confusing. Like, the, the, the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Pro. Pro Football Hall of Fame. It is for the, it's basically the NFL. That is their Hall of Fame. With basketball, it's the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame of basketball. And so you get everything. If you were a great college player, but you weren't really good in the, in the NBA, that still quantifies enough for you to be in the, for you to be a Hall of Famer. If you were great internationally, but not good in the NBA, you're probably going to end up a Hall of Famer. Like one of the best players in the history of uh, Brazilian basketball did not do – I don't even think he played in the NBA. His name's Oscar Schmidt. Um, he's a Hall of Famer. And people are like, I've never heard of this guy. And I know that that's sort of the point of a Hall of Fame is, like, to show the history of basketball. Like, even if you don't know that much about basketball, you can walk into this place and, un, and learn the history of basketball and its best players. Um, but then you now you have the College Basketball Hall of Fame, and you're just like – but aren't some of the best college basketball players in Naismith Hall of Fame. Um, But, yeah, I mean, if you win a Wooden Award, you're obviously going to be a college basketball Hall of Famer. But I don't know. God, it's just like the players like Jimmer Fredette and Doug McDermott really make it tough. We're like, man, really, these guys are Hall of Famers? Uh, College basketball Hall of Famers, absolutely. But sometimes I don't know what the criteria will be. So, um yeah, that's that's my wooden award watch list history 
trends episode. Um, yeah, just want to thank you everyone for listening. We will be back next week. Not sure what the subject will be just yet, but um, always going to be here every week for as long as I can be until hopefully nothing will come up. Um, we'll just see what happens. But uh, yeah, that will be it for this week's episode. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at DEverhard00. I'll talk to you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.